Well, praise the Lord. Amen. 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 It is so good to be able to come to you and to share with you in the word of God. We are so glad that God has blessed us. Amen. We are able to get up this morning clothed and in our right mind. We don't take these things for granted because if it had not been for the Lord on our side, amen, we would have perished. Amen. Tonight, I want to just talk to you for a while. Amen. You got what you need. Fight. These are fighting times. Amen. Because the enemy is setting up his attack, trying to destroy the people of God. But you have to fight back. We can't set back and just take it. We have to fight back. Let's have another word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this word. We ask you to bless now, Lord. Let the Holy Spirit have its way. Let it bless those that are listening. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just excited about Jesus. We said tonight we do not fight for victory, but we fight from victory. I know oft time we thank the Lord. I'm fighting, trying to get the victory. But we don't have to fight to get the victory. We are fighting from a standpoint of victory. I want you to exercise some faith right now and say, I got the victory. I can't see it all, but I got the victory. Spiritual warfare is never an attempt to gain the victory. It is standing firm in what we already have. As believers in Christ, we do not fight for victory. Wait, fight from victory. In Jesus' power, we are invincible. We must not trust our own feelings in this warfare because feelings change based on the appearance of things. But we must base our victories over the enemy in the word of God. First John 4, 4, the message translation saying, Dear children, you come from God and belong to God, and you have already won the big victory over those false teachers, for the spirit is in you, is far stronger than anything in the world. I want you to concentrate on it. The spirit in me is stronger than anything in the world. God's spirit dwells in you. And Satan is the prince of this world. Whenever the two come into conflict, you have the upper hand because Christ have already defeated him. Say with me, the devil is already defeated. The devil is already defeated. And then in the fifth chapter, verses four and five, it says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. If you are a child of God, you have the victory. Praise God. In the book of Revelation, chapter number 12, verse 11, and it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. 
The message translation put it this way. They defeated him through the blood of the lamb and the bold word of their testimony. They weren't lovers with themselves. They were willing to die for Christ. They held on to their testimony, even the face of death. Let me tell you, your mouth is one of the greatest weapons, amen, that we can have against the enemy. There is a correlation between what you say and what you think. So you want to make sure that I'm thinking the right thing and I'm speaking the right thing. See, it says here, the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I wonder what are you talking about? What is your conversation all about? We don't want to be going down those alleys of I, I'm, I'm not this and I'm not that. No, I'm going to say what the word of God says. It was this writer Solomon that says, we are snared by the words of our mouth and we are taken by the words of our mouth. As on one occasion, the Lord told Israel, if you should say in your heart that the enemies is greater than I am, how can I dispossess them? So my conversation, I'm going to say what God says about it, whether I see it or not. Amen. Don't don't feel bad. Amen. That sometimes you feel, Lord, how are you going to do it? Amen. Just shut your mind up and just start praising God. That's the way I do. I just turn my mind off and start praising God. I look at the word of God and I just start giving victory to God through the word of God. And then James 4, 7 and 8 said, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. How are you going to resist him? You're going to resist him by not thinking his thought. Satan, you are a liar. You see, the devil don't know what you're thinking. If he did, he could control you. Amen. He throw these things at you and try to find out what your response is going to be to him. But when you can just say the word of God come out of your mouth, Job, the devil had gotten him down. He said, but nigga came out into the world and nigga shall I return. The Lord has given and the Lord shall take away. Blessed be the the name of the Lord. So he said different things and censored certain thoughts to you and see whether or not how you're going to respond. And when you can respond positively out of the word of God, amen, he is confused. Verse number eight said, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, ye double-minded. Satan's fight against the children of God through a man distraction. And I tell you, if there ever been a distracting age, this is the age in which we are now living on. People can't even think for two seconds hardly on one thing. Their mind is just going back and forth, back and forth. But we as the children of God have to learn to settle our minds down, meditate in the word of God, Amen. Don't let the devil get you distracted and disfocused. Amen. But focus on the thing that God has said. He brings our attention to things that seems bigger than ourselves. Amen. But in like, like I'm a theme for this year. Amen. In first Kings chapter 20, verse 13, the message translation, that's then a lone prophet appeared to Ahab, king of Israel and said, God's word. Have you taken a good look at this mob? Well, look again. I am turning it over to you this very day 
and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am God. The enemy specializes in showing you the worst possibility, but I invite you to look again. I don't care what you're going through. Satan is showing you the bad side of it, but I want you to look again. You are not the one that's going to defeat him. Amen. It's your God that's going to defeat him. All you got to do is get in position. Amen. He's going to fight for you. I believe it's in the book of Exodus 14, 14. He says, the Lord that will fight for you and you Shut your mouth. Amen. Don't you go out there trying to beat him. You just stand still before God because God is the one that's going to defeat your enemy. Amen. The kinds of prayers that bring, amen, supernatural results and deliverance is characterized by consistency. In the book of Ephesians 6, 18 through 20, Praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit and watching thereto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel which I am an ambassador in bond that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Verse number 18, start this thing off when it says, amen, in that 18th verse, look at that again, praying always with all prayer, praying always with all prayer. Sometimes we get stuck with one type of prayer, but there are different kinds of prayer. Amen. Uh, petition implies special requests. But the Apostle Paul uses, uh, urges us to take a look at life a little bit different and start praying the different kind of prayer. I remember back some time ago, uh, Amen, Minister Branch, uh, Danielle gave us this and it's called Acts. Amen. It is a acronym that tells us, Amen, in effect, the different kinds of prayer. And when we say A-C-T-X, S, A, man, in praying is adoration. Our prayers should be substantiated, giving praise, honor, and glory to God. Amen. Giving honor, praise, and glory to God. That's how you want to start getting the thing started. Giving honor and praise to God. And then we have C. C is confession, less uh, honest and open confession. Characterize your communication with God and others. Amen. It's, it's really following the pattern of the Lord's prayer. So it says, amen, confession. Open your mouth. You can confess before him. And then T, thanksgiving. Look into the real view mirror after uh, thing often. Look in there often. Amen. And thank God for what he have done. Amen. And then S, supplication on behalf of yourself and on behalf of others. Boldly asking God for specific things. Amen. For now and the future. The patriarch David, amen, in time of prayer, 
In Psalms 55 and 17 and 18, he says, evening and morning and noon will I pray. What? Evening and morning and noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. So it's not just that one prayer in the morning time, but during the day as you're going on. Amen. Then start praying. Just praying. Amen. You can just pray while you're walking along, but pray. Amen. This warfare is continuous. And so sometimes what you're doing, amen, excuse me for a minute. I got to talk to my captain and just start talking to God about your problem. If something is bothering you, I can guarantee you can worry about that all day. But don't be worrying about something all day and not praying about it. Amen. This start, amen, in your mind. Just start praying about it. Amen. In verse 18, he has delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. You see, you're not by yourself. Amen. You got a God that's on your side. Amen. And James 5, 16 through 20 says, confess your fault one to another and pray one for another that ye might be healed. The effectual fervent prayers of the righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passion as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. I want you to know, he said he was a man subject to like passion. Sometimes we look at these uh, people in the Bible that have done some great things as if they were supernatural. They was way beyond anything I could ever do. But the Bible says here, he was a man of like subject passion as we are. Amen. What you mean? He made mistakes. And you know what he did. Amen. This man, the same man, amen, that had gone and uh, Elijah and had stopped the rain and all that other kind of stuff. All of a sudden, he had to run from Jezebel. And I want you to know, amen, he was a man that was subject to like passion, just like we are. You are great. You got power on the inside of you. One shall chase a thousand and two shall put two thousand to flight. Amen. You got it. Amen. Right now, won't you accurate with me? I got what it takes. I got what it takes and I'm ready to fight. Verse 18 said, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth fruit. Brother, as any of you do err from the truth, and one uh, converts him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from his error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sin. You got what it takes. And let's look at Philippians chapter 4, 19. This is what that says. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Can you confess with me right now? I got everything I need. You see, you see, you don't need it till you need it. 
I got everything I need. Sometimes the devil want to make us anxious and try to make us to get a hold of some things before the time. You see, I don't, I don't need a bed until nighttime. It's time to go to sleep. I don't need a chair until it's time to sit down. You see, sometimes we worry about things. You just got up out the bed and you're going to worry about what the bed I'm going to sleep in tonight. That don't make sense. Amen. When the time comes, you're going to have it. Amen. Amen. I'll be saved 65 years, the 12th of February. And I have found out that every time I had a need, God was there. Now, I'm not going to tell you that there wasn't some days when I worried and frustrated myself. And then when God come through for me, I, I rebuke myself. Now, why in the world was you worried about those things when God met your need? Amen. It come from you. Don't, you don't have to know where it's coming from. But one thing the writer says, but my God shall supply how many of your needs? All of your needs according to his riches and glory. How? By Christ Jesus. And in the book of 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there has no temptation taken you. But such is common domain. Amen. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And I know sometime when you're going through, you think you're the only one. No, 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 no. And the thing is, when you're going through, the only thing the Father is trying to do is raise your confidence in him. Anybody that don't suffer, amen, they really don't know God. Because when you start suffering for Christ, that's the time you rely on him. As long as you think you can do it, you don't cry out to God. But when you know you can't do it, then you start crying out to God. The bill is high, but God can pay it. The sickness is great, but God can heal it. The way is dark, but God is able to shine a light. I got to know this God that I serve. This God will do exploit. Amen. He will not put more on me than I'm able to bear, but he's also made the way of escape. So what I need to do when I get into something, just keep right on praying and keep my spiritual eyes open. And when that time comes, you will be able to walk right through that door. The book of Hebrews chapter four, verse 16, he said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, to the throne of grace that ye may obtain mercy and find grace to help you in time of need. And when I think about this thing about grace, I think about God's ability. What mountain is too high for him? What river is too wide for him? What sickness is too great for him? What bill that he can't pay? Hallelujah, he can do it all. Amen, coming to the throne of grace. Because once I come to the throne of grace, I am now in his power. I got everything I need. One of you shall chase a thousand and two of you shall put two thousand to fight. Why? Because the grace of God, the abilities of God will reign in us and over us and through us. Grace not only Amen. Grace will not only come at the point. Grace will not only come at the point 
Amen. But he comes at the point of need. Amen. Grace comes at the point of need. If you don't need grace, don't look for it. But when you need grace, that's why the Lord bring you to the end of your road sometime so you can cry out for grace. How many men in the Bible got to the end of themselves? Because see, that's when you need the grace of God. When you come to the end of yourself, I want to know how many of y'all out there have already come to the end of yourself. Oh my God, my God. I'm tired of trying on my own. I try to balance my checkbook. I try to do this. I try to do the other. All you got to do is abide in the word of God and do what God tells you to do. I can guarantee you, you are going to come out. Amen. Grace come at the point of your need. When you come to the end of yourself, guess what? Grace will be right there to help you. Amen. Jesus said, when they shall carry you into various places, that's in the book of Mark, and when they shall bring you before kings and princes and so forth, he said, don't worry about taking no thoughts about what you're going to say. Amen. Because in the very hour, God will give you words to speak. And I know some of you out there have answered people and you gave them the simplest answer. And afterwards, you wondering. What did I say that made the difference? It won't you that made the, uh, that made that speech. It was God in you. It's amazing how, how many things God can do with this three letters at the right place in the right time. He can defeat your very enemy. Amen. Real faith take hold of grace. Amen. Real faith take hold of grace. You do not get it, I say again, until the time of need. When we look at the situation and our ability, fear can paralyze us. It has a tendency to make the problem larger than it is. David's prayer in Psalm 64, I'm sorry, 64 and 1 says, Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Did David have fear of the enemy? Yeah, but he knew how to come to God. Did David make mistakes? Yeah, but he knew how to come back to God. The author points out that our greatest need for grace is not doing ministry but in day-to-day life. It's not when a great big tragedy comes. You need it day-to-day. Try in your prayer to say, Lord, I can't do this without you. I'm finding now the older I get, the more I tell God, Lord, I can't do this. And that honors God. And I look to God and wait for a word from the Lord. What will you have me to do? I can't tell you how many words I done got in the steam room, in the shower, in the toilet, walking around. God will speak to me. You don't have to be in no special place, no special time. He will speak to you and give you exactly what you need. If you can have the faith and the grace to follow him, he's going to bring you through. The battle to conquer this attitude, this temptation is given us through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And one other thing I want you to do, 
I want you to claim your righteousness in Christ. All right, say it three times. I am righteous. I am righteous. I am righteous. Satan will make you think because you didn't flush the toilet this morning. <laughs> God don't love you. <laughs> Amen. You left the dishes in the sink. God don't love you. You see that? And when you do something like that, he'll point out, I told you, I told you, I told you. But these patriarchs we see in the scripture, not one of them can say they never did anything wrong. Even the Bible said about Job that he was a perfect and upright man. But look what Job did. Job questioned the fairness of God. He cried out one day, said, oh, I wish I could see him. Amen. And I had a mediator. I would sure make him straight. David, we know about David's life. David and Bathsheba, you would have thought after he did that and then turned around and had the main husband killed, you would think, no, David don't stand a chance. But amen. David claimed his righteousness. Because if you don't think that you're righteous, you don't think that you deserve to come before the throne and you will not cast all your cares on him because when you come, you will be looking for retaliation for something you've done. But when you can come boldly through the throne of grace and cast yourself on him, he don't hold against you what you've done. He realized what Christ have done for you. And you are the righteousness of Christ. Let's try that three more times. I am the righteousness of Christ. I am the righteousness of Christ. I am the righteousness of Christ. Amen. And we got to know that I am his righteousness. And he has given me the ability that I need that I may be able to go forth and do what it is that he has called me to do. We must realize that we are the righteousness of God so that we can have the boldness to come to him. Come how boldly. You don't have to sidetrack and kind of get up there. No, come boldly to the throne of grace. Tell him because he already know. Just tell him. He will forgive you. He will wash you. He'll make you whole again. If we do not believe God's acceptance, we will never receive his grace. This righteousness is not based on what you have done, but rather who you are. Say it again. I am the righteousness of Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse number 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. My God, my God. He has made him to be sin for us. It's a disservice to Christ when you can't confess that you are the righteousness of God. Amen. And he said, who made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. And my friend, in order to fight 
the one thing that you have to do is learn how to decide. It's the victory that God give us, but you have to learn to decide. I want you to decide right now. I'm going to be victorious. I'm going to be victorious. I'm going to win in this. I'm going to win at that. Amen. You see, it's the decision. God will not violate your will. That's the thing that separates us from all of the rest of the creatures. He has given us a will. Our biggest job is to decide. You decide and the power of God carries it out. You decide, the power carries it out. He will work with us for change, but the decision is ours to make. We can't ask him to make the decision. We must decide. Why? People have failed. And sometimes they think that I, I, I just can't make it. And the problem is people are waiting until they feel they are able before they will commit to anything. Remember, it is to him that is able to keep you from falling, not you, not your ability, not your ability. Don't wait until you're able. Some of you got little habits out there now that you're doing. You know what's wrong. Keep on doing it. And you're trying in your own strength to overcome it. You will never overcome it in your own strength. Because every time you're going to count it from 1 to 99, just before you get to 100, you're going to mess up and do something else. I want you to believe God and cast that thing on him. Decide, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do his will. Decide, this will not have any more power over me. You decide. And I tell you, grace will bring it to pass. The first thing you have to do is will to do something before the grace of God can make us able. Will to do something before the grace of God can make us able. We are not robots. We have a will. Until we repent, until we change our minds, we limit what God can do. I have learned, amen, that my job is to decide. And to decide is to repent. If I'm doing wrong, repent. And trust God to make me able. It is then God's job to empower me. Whose job it is to empower you? You can't empower yourself. It's God's job to empower you. Isaiah 1.19 said, If ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Willing and obedient. Most, under, most people understand the need for obedience. But few understand the need for willingness. They, it's amazing how many people do things that they are not willing to do. And most of the time, the failure come because they are not willing to do. Satan will make you think, God doesn't want me to suffer. God don't want you to suffer. He's trying to get you out of suffering and he wants you to reign with him. And when I say 
he don't want you to suffer. That don't mean people are not going to do bad things to you. Because I believe it was Paul said, it is given to us on the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his name's sake. But how you take that suffering is very important. Amen. And that we will be willing, God can give you joy in the midst of sorrow. He'll bring you out. And most of the time, the reason why we don't come out is because we think that the only thing, I got to give up all of these pleasures. And then I got to take on all of this. And that's not at all. The reason why God want you to come out is so that he don't have to put his wrath upon you. He wants to deliver you. He wants you to be whole. Faith does not believe that God is going to. Faith believes God has. Faith knows that the work of the cross is complete. Therefore, altogether available to us. It's complete. It's available to us. When? Now. You decide and grace provide. Let me say that again. You decide and grace provide. Grace makes an absolute decision and it takes faith to get grace. Amen. Faith makes an absolute decision and it takes faith to get grace. Amen. Let us get ready to do some fighting. God needs some people that's going to do some fighting. He don't have to purify the world. I don't care how much sin is out there. I am the righteousness of Christ. If you can hold on in there and believe God, you're going to see God doing some great and marvelous things. Stop counting yourself out. You are not out. You are still in the game. <laughs> say it. Say it. I'm not out. I'm still in the game. <laughs> the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. I am the righteousness of God. Stop counting yourself out. That is just an excuse. Christ have made you able. And therefore, let us get to that place that we allow God to have his way in our life. These are perilous times that we're living in. And this is the time when the saints of God need to come to the front of the line. Have no fear. Have no fear. It shall be well. Even if you get up in the morning, don't look like it's going to be well. Open your mouth and say it because you create with your mouth. Open your mouth and say it. It shall be well. Because there's a God that back up your word. See, everything he do with you in Christ, he co-signs. Amen. He co-signs for you. He's the one that's going to pay the bill. All he wants you to do is confess it. And he's the one that back up and guarantee that that bill is going to be paid. You are the righteousness of Christ. Hang in there. Let God bless you real good. Let's, let's uh, go forth in the Lord. Whatever you do, learn to be obedient to God. Learn to submit yourself to God. These are the testing time. 
It's what you do in the dark. You see, sometimes we're just getting to know ourselves now. Amen. But allow God to use you to his praise and to his glory. You got what you need. Now we're going to fight. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you is our prayer in Jesus' name.